Hi everyone, it's Ansa and welcome to the Great Change Podcast. Today, I'm joined with a special guest and he goes by the name of Kachi. Woo! Introduce yourself. Um, so yeah, like I once said, my name's Kachi and I'm 20 now. Um, second year university student and I study econ. Wow, thank you for uh, joining us this evening. Well, joining me this evening. No worries. Um, yeah, no worries, no worries. Man. So yeah, anyways, yeah, it's good to have you here, Kachi. Uh, and and to be talking about what we're going to talk about today. But before we go into that, what is your favourite Bible verse? What's your favourite scripture? What comes to mind um, first? Like, don't overthink it. What comes to mind? Three. Oh, okay. Three, to be fair, yeah. Okay, let us know. I think it's best if I go in order of them, to be fair, actually. Yeah, go on. I think that's what makes it a lot easier. Do yeah. you have any, by the way? Do I have any? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna go in like order of how they appear in the Bible. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, bearing in mind I'm reading this from the NIV translation as well. Cool. Um. So the first scripture I'm gonna read kind of has something to do with the topic we're gonna talk about today. Ooh. Okay. And it's Habakkuk chapter one, verse five. Habakkuk. And it basically says. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that even if you are told, you will not believe. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Rah. Why'd you like that one? Um, That one like, really keeps you like, grounded. Like, just, you know, like when at times you might be going for a little bit of a, oh, I don't know what direction you're going. Mm. Or when you know that like, you're just starting something new. And you're just trying to, like, obviously picture how things are going to go. Yeah. Like, it just keeps, you know, in my mind, like, God's going to do something for me. Mm. He's going to reach out to me, do something for me. That even if someone told me, I wouldn't believe it. So that's wow. something I was just keeping my mind. No, I hear that. I hear that. It's actually good to have, like, scriptures like that in your arsenal. Because, like, yeah. when times get difficult, times get hard, you just pull up one scripture, you read it, and you just feel encouraged. But nah, I, I, yeah, I, I hear that. that. That's how I feel. Okay, cool. Um, Next one. My second one, it's a bit, um, it's the MSG translation. So it's not exactly the best translation to use, but I just like it in this translation specifically. Mm. And it's Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. And it says, this is war and there's no neutral ground. If mm. you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. Uh, I can't lie. I see where you like the message translation still. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, nah, I hear that. And is it talking about, like, in terms of being on God's side? Yeah, it's like something to do more about the end times, like the book of Matthew. So mm. they're just talking about, this, like, we live in, like, a spiritual world, like, yeah, don't get this we have like the flesh we have feet eyes like all of that we, we live with flesh but within us is the mm. spirit of god that resides in us and obviously like it's war like obviously there's a spiritual warfare going on up there 
No, and definitely. Rightfully so, there's no neutral ground. You can't be a lukewarm Christian. Like, it's no such thing. You have to be on the side. You pick a side. And if you're not helping it, it's just says you're only making things worse. Like, you know the word, but you're not doing nothing about it. You're not mm. telling people about it. You're not saving people. And that's just something that's just crazy. Like, even this podcast is like, you're doing something. Mm. Like, like, I know we told you this, um, but I mentioned that you're actually doing a very great work for the Lord. Like, what you're doing right now, you don't know who's listening to it, but you, mm. you can be getting people saved. Like, mm. you might not realize it, but this is your form of warfare. Like, because mm. the Bible says it's not physical warfare, it's not shields and knives, it's what it's the word you know, it's what you know. And you doing things like this, you're impacting people's lives. Like, people that know the message but then apply it, mm. and people that don't know the message, they're they're like tuned into this like wow. they're on it and yeah wow god bless you wow i never really thought about it as this is my warfare that's that's crazy yo that's crazy but now we thank god man it's honestly a, an honor to be able to like do something like this uh for god but yeah now when you were talking about like the lukewarm the lukewarm thing there's a place in in a uh, revelation that says you're neither hot or cold. Um, yeah. And 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 I think God is saying that he will spit them out of his mouth. And I was on TikTok one day and someone was saying how, um, how that scripture basically, when you have a glass of water, if you have hot water, hot water is useful. Like you can use hot water for tea, coffee. Some people even drink hot water by itself. Um, and then you can have cold water which everyone likes, well, not everyone, but most people like cold water. It's, like, refreshing and, and things like that. And it's useful. But, like, lukewarm. Yeah. Who actually likes lukewarm water? Like, what is its use? Um, and, yeah, there and is so, no use for lukewarm water, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and also, when you were saying how, like, people know the word, but they don't really apply it. There's a place in the Bible that says, um, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I know the word or they know this scripture or they've read this in the word, but they still like carry on, like living their lives as yeah. if they don't know the scripture. So now, nah, yeah, that's a powerful, powerful scriptures. Wow. I, wow. You, these Bible verses. Ah, let's hear the third one then. Um, the third one, I think it's someone that like, it's something everyone knows. Like, mm. you know where it comes from in the Bible, but you know it. And what it is, is basically... My that's from the King James version, yeah. Yeah. Um, James chapter one verse two. So James is basically saying, "My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh in patience." Wow. So yeah, I think everyone knows that scripture. Um, maybe they don't know where it comes from, but mm. trials and tribulations are part of it. Don't get it twisted. Like you know the word. The word is your. Like I said, it's a warfare. The the word is your weapon. It's mm. a weapon of warfare. But you can't have you can't have weapons of warfare if there's no war. Mm. So that's what the scripture is saying. Like mm. there will be trials and tribulations. There will be times where you're going to be called upon to pick up your Bible and yeah. to actually attack when you take that. So. That's just something. That's like the, the first scripture that I just think like mm. when you bring all three of them together, it just like tells a story within like like of course like the Christian walk is like so broad like you can't explain it all in one. But 
those three scriptures for me they really like walk line and line like my mm. belief in god knowing he's gonna do something for me yeah and obviously a relationship is a two-way street right definitely so obviously god's like god's god's your father he's like my father so yeah. i obviously know that he's got my life in his hands and he's gonna he's gonna do the best for me mm. but at the same time like a father always expects something from his child and that's where matthew chapter 12 verse 30 comes in where i know for a fact that for god i'm ready to like i'm ready to put myself out there i'm ready to do this for god i'm ready to do that for god yeah and obviously james chapter one like just keeps my mind like times in life i'm going to be tried and tested but yeah you come through that fire you know where you stand in the world you know where you stand with god yeah no i hear that man thank you thank you wow those are some powerful powerful verses though um <laughs> thank you wow um i mean i have one i have one i mean there's so many places in the bible that are just you're just like wow but the one that comes to mind is hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 this is also another well-known one but i'm gonna re- say it anyways it's in the i'm gonna read it in the oh how do you know this one very well <laughs> yeah it's a well-known one um i'm gonna read it in the amplified version uh for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it op- operate, operative, 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 energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, and I like this scripture just because. Well, not just because I feel like this the scripture there's a lot in this uh, verse, but I think it, it it in a way it almost summarizes exactly what the word of God does, and yeah. the fact that it says the word of God is living and active and full of power. There's a phrase that people used to say, um, saying that the Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper. Um, which is true because there's so many things in the Bible that have been prophesied that are going to happen that have not happened yet yeah. but are going to happen. There's even things that were prophesied that are happening now. So that shows yeah. that the word of God is living and active. And if we think about John chapter 1 verse 1, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word of God is God. And so God, we serve a living God. So how, why would the word of God not be living? Why would it not be active? Because God is a living like, God. You know, going back to that point, yeah, I've yeah. actually read this before. You can't say the word of God is not living. Like, you know when in the world they say inanimate objects, right? Like, yeah. A book is an inanimate object. Yeah. The word of God is life. Mm. It's not inanimate. You yeah. have the secrets of life, the manual of life, the manual of your Christian walk. Mm. You have God's calendar in your hand. It's not just a book. Yeah. You have so much in your hand. Yeah. Like, just having it alone, like, the fact that we actually have it on your smartphones now, mm. and most people have a smartphone, like, um, like, thinking back to, like, my grandmother's time, like, not everyone could afford a Bible. Like, mm, true. So, if you think of it like that, no, not everyone can afford the manual of life, not everyone can afford, like, afford life itself. Wow. And to think that you have a smartphone, you can get, like, all Bible translations, Right down from the no. Hebrew Bible translation, straight down to King James. You've got the word of God in your life, right? Yeah. I make an emphasis every single day. Like, I go a day without fail. 
like, I need to read something, like yeah. read a scripture, like, whether it's that you version of the scripture of the day or something that just hits my spirit, I mm. need to read something. Mm. I hear that, man. It's actually a privilege to be able to have the Bible in our back pocket, as they as they like, say, like. Even like, yeah, right. but get like, there's even places where you can even get a physical Bible for free, or like, there's this uh, website where you can get a study Bible for free, even though it's like just the New Testament, but it's still a study Bible at the end of the day, and it's just such a privilege. So we actually have no excuse. We have no excuse. But now it's interesting no, I that really you really have no excuse, honestly, because yeah. the New Testament, like, if you read the accounts of Peter Paul. Mm. You come to realize that these were people that killed for the gospel. Mm. Like the phrase "they walk so I can run" really hits it. Like mm. Peter and Paul, they really walk. Like Paul actually wrote, I think it's around the figure of like sixty-four percent of the apostles of the yeah, New he wrote a lot of them, and he faced so much persecution. He faced so much, and just to know that he did that for us, so we can have something to go by. Yeah. It's really he walked so we can run and why are we not running? Wow. Wow, that's so true. Now Paul, yeah, that guy that guy was on it, man. Like So think of where he came from as well, it's yeah. crazy. He came from killing Christians to really putting the mm. work up there. And like imagine like for him how it must have been to be like um what are these people going to think? I was just persecuting them and now all of a sudden I'm serving the God that they serve. He must have been yeah. like that, but that's evidence to show that no matter where you come from, God can still use you. Um, and Definitely. yeah, now, nah, nah, like, it's just a privilege that these people, these men of God that gave up themselves as, as vessels to be used by God so that we have the physical Bible or even the Bible in our phone, nah, it's a blessing. But now, thank you. Uh, wait, yeah, this is what, what am I even talking about? But yeah, that's why I like this. Uh, why I like this verse. Uh, yeah, and the fact that even at the end, the the verse is exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Do you ever be reading the Bible, yeah, and you come across a verse, and the verse just speaks to you because um, maybe yesterday you you did something. And then the, the verse is, is telling you uh, that what you did was wrong. Or, um, for example, maybe you're going through something and you open the Bible and the Bible is just basically giving you the answer to your situation. Like I remember there's a time um, I needed an answer from God because I didn't know if where I was working was a good place to be working and I just didn't feel at rest and like all the time I was at that shift I was just like thinking I was like God please answer me then like two weeks later I come across a verse that says if you're doing something and you're not sure whether it's right or wrong and you continue to do it it's a sin and I was like raw I was like raw I was like wow so this is how my prayers was answered were answered but nah yeah, no, the the Bible is amazing. Like, you can't, you can't, is you can't say it's not God's word. Like, there's even a scripture that says that is the scriptures are God breathed. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, thank you for sharing your favorite Bible verses. You even gave us three. Wow, we are blessed. 
Um, but yeah, wow, we're going to get into what uh, the episode today, which is about invisibility. Yeah. The invisibility of God does not mean that he is absent. So invisibility does not mean absence. And to start off, um, has there been a time where you felt as though God wasn't there or you couldn't feel him, like in a situation? Um, yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely say um, This comes from like, kind of maybe my earlier walk and like really i always see that with most african people you're born in christianity but yeah. you know when you're a baby through christianity and then my parents almost like drop you to the deep and you're having to find that walk on your own type of thing those mm. girls um coming through that so like, sometimes it's felt like if if god's there like he's not really hearing my prayers so like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, it was just one of them things, like, he was there, like, he's not really hearing my prayers. Like, mm. Yeah, nah. But, uh, yeah, but to me, like, your question is, like, invisibility doesn't mean absence. And I do totally agree, like, there's somewhere in the Bible I'm going to go to that really does prove this. Mm. But, uh, after you, after you still. Um, yeah, so a time where I felt, like, as though God wasn't there, or I couldn't really, like, feel him. Um, well, specifically, I felt as though God wasn't there. Was like you said, like when we pray, and like we feel like our prayers aren't answered. But then the mistake that I feel like some of us do, maybe like you, this might not happen for you, but like sometimes we get into the mindset of our relationship with God being transactional in the sense that, yeah. uh, because I've read my Bible, because I've prayed, because I've had my quiet time today, because I've spread the gospel, oh God, you must answer my prayer, man. You must answer my prayer. So it's, it's like, uh, God, but I've prayed, but God, I've read my Bible. Why aren't you answering my question, my prayer? Um, sometimes we forget that it's actually God's time and God's time is the best time. And, um, and just because he hasn't answered our prayer doesn't necessarily mean he hasn't heard us or that he's not there. Yeah. Or like there's been times maybe I've gone through a situation and like, it's just feels so dark. Like, when will this get better? And it's like, God, where are you? Yeah, man. There's even a there's a song by is it Chandler Moore, and it's called Where Are You. I used to play that song on repeat because I was like, Lord, where are you? Where are you in my situation? But nah, when is yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually adding to that. Yeah, like there's times when like we pray, mm. like sometimes our relationship is transactional. Mm. Um. James chapter one verse, I think, I think the verse is about from five or six. Um, James chapter one verse five, I would say. Mm. And it's basically talking about lacking wisdom. Mm. And then the next verse, verse six, literally says, But when you're asking something from God, you can't be unstable in your mind. Like, mm. like when I first said I didn't even understand what that meant. But like when you read it further down to verse eight, you have to understand that you can't your mind can't be like the sea like you know how to see the waves go back and forth wow your mind can't be like that like you say to god i want this this and this your mind has to be set that you've already got this this and this mm, That's, that your talk about it. it everything everything is like is given to you by god so you have to think i've asked for this this and this i already have it i need to have the faith and apply it i need to you envision it with your spiritual eyes you see it with your physical eyes like Obviously, like, faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Mm. It's there. You can't see it. So 
obviously the Bible tells you it's there. All you have to do is believe. But when you believe, you can't let doubt creep into belief. Nah. Belief of doubt is not belief anymore. Oof. Oof. Wow. Wow. Catchy. Ace. Belief of doubt is not belief anymore. Talk about it. Wow. You dropped some real gems there. God bless you, man. Um, but nah, I hear that because, like, I was I was even thinking as you were talking about faith, about faith not being there, uh, but we have to believe. Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse 8 or 7, it, it's the beatitudes, that part. It says, blessed are those who have, who, um, have not seen, but blessed are those who believe. No. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And it's just, man, there's there's actually so many scriptures that prove like the invisibility of God, but him still being there and belief and faith. And I was thinking how like having faith and what faith is, is, is in a way similar to the nature of God and how faith um, is the evidence of things not seen. I think that's the quote. That's the scripture. Um, even though sometimes we can't see this thing, but we believe it's there. That's like with God. We we can't physically see God in the flesh. Like as we are flesh, we don't physically see God in the flesh, but we still believe that he is there, that he is, he does exist. He does hear us. Um, but yeah, no, facts, man. And there's a scripture to back that up. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, um, I, I believe it's talking in reference of Jesus Christ. It said that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And it's just here, it's proven that Jesus Christ is was the physical um, representation in the flesh of an invisible God. And yeah, um, and... I don't know if you've seen on TikTok um, people explaining like why Jesus Christ and God are the same in um, like explaining the Trinity and how God, yeah. because God is a God of principle and he's given human beings being in the flesh dominion over earth. And therefore for anything to happen on earth, it has to be done through a human being because God has given authority to human beings on the earth. And therefore um, God, although God can, because he, although God can physically, in in his all his glory, come on earth, he's a God of principle. So, which is why he sent Jesus Christ, the uh, um the man, to die on the yeah. cross, and and yeah. also I think someone gave an analogy on TikTok. I'm not sure who. Um, they gave an analogy about how like if we're playing a Sims game, we ourselves cannot physically be in that Sims game, but we create a character and we can make that character do things. Um. Um, but we are the one who are basically playing that character, oh, yeah. and that's, that's is like, yeah. Which I actually never did that analogy, but that was actually an amazing analogy. I know. I don't know who came up with it, but God bless them in it. But now, yeah. And I was I was asking what was the the scripture that you said that you were gonna that proves about the invisibility of God and something like that. Um, so basically, going back to the book of Habakkuk, chapter one, first, just one, we're going to start from one, technically. Mm. And the book, Habakkuk is he's a prophet of God, and what 
it's basically happened is there's a lot of evil. So yeah. we're looking at the transition from the Assyrian Empire into the Babylonian Empire with the people of Israel kind of in bondage, right? Yeah. And the book of Habakkuk is just lamentations from Habakkuk, a prophet of God, um, crying out to God and just saying, how long would evil prevail? Like, yeah. how long will the Israelites be under captivity under the um, the Syrian Empire? How long will the evil prevail, basically? Yeah. So, um, going to that, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. So, this is a prophecy of God. Mm. And chapter 2 basically says, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Mm. So, reading this, like, reading that one verse alone just makes people think, like, what I said, when you pray, things will happen, right? Yeah. Like, God, in a sense, doesn't really owe you anything. Like, if you want to say no. that, like, he doesn't really owe you anything. He doesn't. Because of his love for us, he does everything for us. Mm. So, Habakkuk is saying, he's crying out to the Lord, like, violence. There's literally violence happening, but God's not doing anything. God's not intervening. And also, like, these are your people, but you're not doing anything. Mm. And he was, he's just, he's questioning God. Like, he's really, like, putting the finger to God, saying, like, why do you tolerate wrongdoings? And like destructions and strife, like well, why why do you like really, you know, tolerate all of this? Yeah. And from verse five, scripture I wrote, um, I read, really hits at home where it says, "The Lord is not invisible. The Lord sees all, and the Lord is omnipresent. He's there. He sees everything. He knows everything that's happening. Mm. And like you said, everything is in God's timing. So, chap, um." Verse 5 is literally saying, God's answer to Habakkuk is he's going to raise up the Babylonians, mm. which we know um, become the empire in which Daniel was kind of born into captivity. Yeah. And obviously, the whole story along with Daniel, Yeah, we can go down that, that path. Um, and the Lord is saying, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians, which is something which was a force that no one has ever seen in the world at that point. No one knew about the Babylonians. And he was saying, he's going to do something in Habakkuk's day, that even if Habakkuk was told, mm. Habakkuk would never believe. And verse 6 says, I'm raising up the Babylonians. They're ruthless and impertious people. And they're going to sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling of their, like, not their own. And they're feared and dreaded people. So... God is not invisible. God hears your prayers. Mm. He knows what you're saying. God hears your cries. He hears your lamentations. He hears your songs. He hears your songs, hymns, and melodies. He hears everything you're saying. Mm. And God will react according to what he wants to do. Habakkuk is asking for God to stop the violence. Yeah. Habakkuk is asking for God to stop violence, stop what's happening. And God said, that's not in my calendar. Rather, I'm going to raise up an army that's even more violent that's going to go around pillaging mm. until you don't really learn your lesson. Wow. That, like, that's what I'm saying. God is not invisible. Like, there are certain things where it's God's timing, obviously. Like, the Bible, like I said at the start, is God's calendar. Like, yeah. So, that's like, it's like that whole passage is really saying you can ask for something, right? Yeah. But it's always God's time and God's always there to see everything. Yeah. God's always there to know what's going on. Mm. So, it's just like, he's not invisible and he's also present. It works too in hand. Like, mm. I don't think someone could be invisible and be there. Like, there's something about you that needs to be there for you to be present. Mm. So, it's like, 
it's like when you're in school when the teacher's taking her register. Yeah. Just because you're a chair that you're sitting every day is there. That doesn't mm. mean you're actually there. True, true. But that's the best analogy I can think of. So God's presence is here, it's omnipresent. Yeah. Like we've seen God use like little instruments in the Bible, like he put the power into Moses' rod to split the Red Sea. Yeah. That's God's presence. No more man could just split a whole ocean. Right? No. But God's presence allowed you to do that. God's presence is there. Oh, so he's true. always going to be there. He's always there. Yeah. He's always been here. Hmm. So you're saying that God is not invisible? No, nah, he's not invisible. Hmm. Okay. I wouldn't say he's entirely invisible. Yeah. Like he's um, omnipotent. Yeah. Of course, we can't see him, and Jesus was God in the flesh, so. Yeah. So he's not invisible. So, in, in, sorry, go on. Yeah, so um, he's just not invisible. Like, of course, when Jesus was here, Jesus was God in the flesh. Like, mm. he was something tangible to the people to see. Mm. But just because we don't see the tangible image doesn't mm. mean someone's not there. Doesn't mean they're invisible. They are still mm. there. Mm. Okay, because I I was saying that God is that although God is invisible, it doesn't mean He's not there. But I see like from that perspective that God is not invisible; He's still there, but just not in the way yeah. that we perceive something to be there. So yeah. invisibility. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I hear that. I hear that. And also. Um, like sometimes just like we see that human beings we see them as just that one that one thing but because God is the creator of the universe the earth the heavens and the earth we can see his handwork in everything like in nature um, and in, in even in us as human beings we can see his handwork so there the evidence is there and also, I want to talk about um, how, like the wind, a lot of people believe the wind is there because they can see the effects of the wind, and yeah. um, but but so but, what's the difference? Obviously, there's a big difference between the wind and God, but the same principle applies. Just because you you can't see God like you you can see me, just because someone can't see God like they can see another human being, does not mean that. God is not there. It doesn't mean that um, you can't see the effects of God in in humanity, in the world, in someone's life. It, he's still working, and the I think it's I, I think it's the Greek word for wind is pneuma, and the pneuma is used to describe the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit is, because um, obviously you can't see a spirit. A spirit is not flesh. And you can you can see the effects and the impact of the Holy Spirit in someone's life, um, but you but you don't you can't physically say like catch the Holy Spirit if that what I mean like like if I was throwing through a ball at me I can catch the ball you can't really catch the Holy Spirit like that but you can feel yeah. the presence of the Holy Spirit and things like that so okay all right all right so so like. So what what are we agreeing with? Because I was going with the take that God is invisible, but He's not absent. But then you you've kind of like given another perspective that I didn't really think about. That just because we can't 
see God doesn't mean that he's invisible, he's there. So you're saying like invisibility only applies to something that's flesh? Yeah. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Okay, cool. All right. Hmm. Hard. Thank you for that perspective. Um, I was also going to talk about... Uh, I I was... I can't remember how I came across this, but I came across a webpage on the internet one time and the person, whoever wrote it, said that if we if we were to see God, if God were to reveal himself to us in all his glory, we would be, we would be consumed because it would just be yeah. too much to handle. And 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16 says, who, pardon me, who alone possesses immortality. Oh, pardon me. Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. And this point is further backed up um, by Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, which says, um, this is when uh, the God was speaking to Moses, and God said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. And it just shows, like, we in our flesh cannot behold God's glory. Yeah. It even describes it as unapproachable light. Mm. Wow. That's that's deep because usually like obviously light helps us see, but also you we are well we I'd like to say that we are attracted to light. But if yeah. I use the analogy of, let's say, moth, moths, they they like light. There's an analogy or something people say about, like, moths to a flame. Moths are attracted, they see the light and they want to go to the light. Um, but yeah. imagine wanting to go to the light, but you cannot approach the light just because of how glory, just because of the glory and just the majesty of God, like, is just so majestic. We can't even approach that light, especially in our fleshly state. Because number one, sin. God is a holy God. We can't, like, God doesn't, like, we, because we're sinful and we've sinned, we can't go to someone who is holy because it's just, sin and holiness just doesn't mix. And the flesh is sin. Um, Being in the flesh means that, because, you know, the Bible says, that um, we were born, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that, uh, um, how's it phrased? Every, for every man have, for we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that that one. Um, but yeah. yeah, wow. So in a way, if if not the word invisible, Maybe we can't see God because we're in the flesh. Yes. We can't see God because we're in the flesh. And that's so true because the the times, the periods of times where I'm not really in the word, where I'm not as prayerful, I begin to lose sight. Like, I'm not really thinking about God that much. My focus isn't really on God. It's on fleshly and materialistic things. But the moment, like, I'm in the word or I'm praying or, like, I'm talking to God more, I can, I can see God more in my life, see his hand, feel, 
feel his presence, see his handwork. And so I guess being in the flesh shields us from seeing God. Yeah, I think that's that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Do you have anything yeah, I, to... I, I to... totally agree. Um, the only thing I really have to like add to it is just the fact that, like you said, just because we can't see God, because it says if we behold God in actually all His glory, mm. we'll be consumed. Yeah. And it's it's the fact that God knows this, obviously. So He already knows that His way of being there is just His presence. Like. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard the term, I just want to be the presence of God. And yeah, I have. Yeah. Like, There's even a song, isn't there? Sorry? Isn't there a song like that? Yeah, there is actually a song, yeah. Um, so obviously, like, you can't see God, but you can be in God's presence. Mm. You can be in God's presence in your bed, in your shower, you can be in God's presence anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing about God. You don't have to approach him at certain times. Mm. There's not certain times that you can get access to God. Wow. God is an accessible God. Yes. Mm. He works beyond time and number. He works beyond time and dimension. You can access God at any single time you want because mm. he's there for you. Wow. Like, I don't remember the scripture, but the Bible says... For I am there for you. He's there for you. He's always going to be there for you. Yeah. Because we're his like, children. The Old Testament is... Yeah, that go. No, I was just going to say because we're his children. Yeah. Like, the Old Testament is really... Uh, it really... Someone tell me a point of... He's not invisible. And he is present. Because if you look at the journey of the Israelites... God was never there with them in the physical flesh, like, you know, the disciples had with Jesus. Mm. But every single part of their journey from escaping captivity, going back into captivity, to, you know, building God's temple, God was always there. And mm. every single step, he gave them instructions, directions, and a plan. And obviously yeah. that's something amazing about God. He, he plans for everything. Yeah. He plans for your whole life. He plans for what you want you to do. Yeah. And he gave them plan, direction, time. He gave them everything. Yeah. That like the Old Testament really shows God is always there. Like, we see when Elijah was caught up, like, God is there. Like, he knows what he wants to do. And yeah. he knows how to be there for you. He knows, because you can't see him physically. Yeah. But he knows that he's going to be there. And... Like you said, people tend not to believe something is there because they can't see it. Yeah. Like, like people believe with their eyes. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing about the New Testament that really, to me, hits home about the New Testament is you have to separate your body from your spirit. Yeah. So, obviously, the scripture, like I said, faith is the substance of things, hopeful, evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Just because you can't see something mm. will never mean it's not there. Yeah. Like, for example, we can't see certain things under a microscope, right? Yeah. Does that mean that the thing is invisible? Nope. 
it's still there. You can still see it once you get the right equipment to see it. Mm. And that's just like the word of God. Once you're in God's presence, you are there. Like mm. God is there. He's not like he's not invisible. He's literally there. Wow. Wow. You know, like that actually that's very interesting that you say that, like the analogy about the microscope and like just because we can't see the thing through like we can't see the thing doesn't mean it's not there. And it's like the word of God and like the presence of God and seeing God. Um, and you've actually changed my mind. Like I was saying that God is just because God is invisible doesn't mean that he is. Um, just because God is invisible doesn't mean he is not there. But rather we need to be in the right. Um, we need to we need to have the right lens in, in order to see God. Because just like a just like things like bacteria, for instance, for like ba- bacteria, we can't see that with a naked with our naked eye. But if we have a microscope, the right microscope, we'll be able to see it. So just because we can't see with our naked eye, though, it doesn't mean that bacteria is not there, and we still see the effects of bacteria with infections and diseases. We still see the effects. Doesn't mean that we that is not there. We still see its effects, and it is there. We just can't see it. And that's like the presence of God. We can feel, we can see the effects of the presence of God. And just because when we are in our flesh, which is equivalent to the naked eye, we're not able to see God. But once we put on that lens, and that lens could be praying, praying to God, remaining in his presence and reading his word. Once we have that, that form of a lens, um, then we are able to see God. And there's this, the Bible also like, talks about scales being removed from eyes to be able to see properly and that's like with the kingdom of god and like when people come to christ like i've heard people say like scales were removed from my eyes because it's like you were seeing things but once you are in the presence of god once you come to the knowledge of god and you know and you're getting to know god scales are removed and you begin to see the same thing that you would have looked at and been like that's sick. That's amazing. You have the you have this lens on, and you're like, no, it actually isn't all that. And that's like with worldly things, like things of the world. Let's say, for instance, alcohol, drugs. When you're in the world, you'd be like, oh, that's nice. Like you get, you feel nice. This, that, this, that. But once you have, right. once you come to Christ, you have that lens on. You're like, there's actually nothing in this. Like it's empty. And that's the yeah. thing. Like, oh my gosh. Second, Second Corinthians chapter four verse four says, "For the God of this world has blinded them. Why has the God? Why has why has the God of this world blinded them? Because there's the the things of this world are empty. They're empty. But when you come to God, when you come to Christ, that there's no that blindness has been removed, and you're able to see that it's empty. Wow, deep. Yeah. Nah, hard man." Exactly. Wow. Nah. Deep, man. But yeah. um, Wow. (laughs) Wow, God is good, man. Revelations. Chai. Um, Okay, cool. So, last question. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in life, because obviously we focus on, we're in the flesh, and I'm not saying that we should be in the flesh, but you know, some days we have our days, we have our times and we're really like in the flesh or we're thinking about troubles and issues and we're focused about on the troubles and issues of this world. And sometimes we can't feel God or we kind of drift away. 
what how can we continue in the faith even when we feel like that um continuing the faith is you just have to hammer like it into yourself like it's it's discipline like mm. the word is discipline like you have to discipline yourself to know what you're doing to mm. know what to follow to know when to pray you know this it's it's all about discipline like it's not a soft life it's you know it's a life of work you're working mm. that's where i like to put it yeah so obviously things that bring you into the faith there's a lot of scriptures that bring you into faith and one of the most famous ones john three sixteen, is that's something that when you read it you just sit back and just just think about it you have to just think about things like that mm. um, it's something that brings you back into the faith but you know that life is bought at a price your life yeah your life is actually worth something Mm. If your life wasn't worth anything, do you think the devil and God will be fighting? Word, word. No, your your life is worth something. And just to hear that God died, Jesus died, just for you, like that. There's something that's really powerful. I remember that literally one time, my my pastor explained something to me. Mm. When you see scriptures, personalize them. Mm. Sometimes, like the Bible is written from a third person perspective, it says you or they, but. When you read certain scriptures, put your name in there. Like, yeah. Put your whole name, and those scriptures make so much more sense to you. Like, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, which is, I believe in him, mm-hmm. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to have eternal life. Mm. And that's things that put you onto your Christian walk, they put you onto your Christian path, mm. that they keep you grounded. Like I said, it's a life of discipline. But once you understand that life is transactional, life, it, it's not cheap. The life you have is not cheap. Mm. The word is free, but the life you have is not cheap. Yeah. You have to understand that like, you're fighting over every single thing that you have. Mm. Like, a good example is Job. Like, the devil will take everything away from him, right? Mm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Life is not it's not one dimension. Like, just because you follow God with all your heart does not mean trials and tribulations won't come. Yeah. Like... Yeah. The Bible points us out to everything that will happen. Mm. And it tells us, be not afraid. Fear not, threat not. Yeah. Because the word, what you have inside of you, is enough to combat these things. It's enough to propel you forward. It's enough to put you out of there and just give you enough leverage to fight over whatever's happening in the world. And there's that, literally, that I really just started an office job like brand new and someone said something to me on Wednesday wow. like my second ever day you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take yeah congratulations by the way so oh thank you thank you very much so if you don't take the opportunity to preach the gospel to someone don't take the opportunity to re-establish the gospel in your life you don't take the like, opportunity to just read the bible you know like, listen to songs fellowship with the lord Mm. You're missing all those chances to build your spiritual body up because the Bible, the Bible says that we are babes in Christ. We're babies in Christ. Mm. We're so small. Mm. So obviously, you think about it like um, as a child, you've got to obviously eat and whatnot. Yeah, you call it like eat, right? Yeah, and so the scripture I'm talking about is First Corinthians chapter three, verse one to three. And it's from Paul. And it's just saying, like, 
as a baby, like I said, in a Christian household, you're obviously brought to the world. So you're brought into the world as like a baby, physically and spiritually. Yeah. And so it's saying in verse two, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Yeah. So which is your parents kind of spirit feeding the word of God bit by bit. Yeah. But then he goes on to say that once you're ready for it, take it up. Mm. So it's just like you might be a baby in Christ, but you're never gonna be a baby forever. If if you if you physically grow but your spiritual self is not growing, there's a problem. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything, but there's a problem. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the only way to grow is but we all know like if you ask any Christian, we know the answer. Like it's like going to a test and knowing the answer but not writing it down. Why? Mm. You can't be scared to apply what you know. You, like life is a life of application. Like even in the physical realm, not even just spiritual. You yeah. learn something, you have to apply it, right? You start yeah. a job, you learn something, you apply it. You go to school, you learn something, you apply it. Yeah. It's the same thing with the word of God. Why don't you do it? Like you learn it, apply it. Yeah. No, I hear. Like, I make it a point of call when I go out. Like just just before I step up to my door, I say, "For the Lord is in me, I fear not." Hmm. Wow. Little something, things like that. You build yourself up. You're building yourself up in your most holy faith. Like I can't even remember the scripture on top of my head, but that scripture alone is just mad. Like I'm building myself up in your most holy faith. Like I'm building myself up in your word. I'm living in your word, and I'm literally going block by block. And I'm just you get to a point where things no longer bother you. You get to a point where someone says to you, "Oh, your family's gonna die tomorrow." Okay. Because the word I know, like, well, great, like, I'm literally in him. Mm. Like, he's in me. So I know the truth about my word. I know if you tell me bad news, I'm not going to accept it. Mm. Because God, do you, God has prayer. the final say. Yeah. Go on, yeah, I said, yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, because God has the final say. Yeah, definitely. Like, you're just like, as a Christian, you know the word apply it like that's probably the best thing i can say wow thank you god bless you but no, no i worries. agree yeah like application a lot of the times we think oh, all we have to do is just read study but what's the point of doing all that reading and studying if we're not applying it to our lives because the whole point of it is to apply it to our lives so we can be, become better in christ and speaking about that, I, one thing I'd like to, what I would say about continuing, even when we like we can't feel God, is to remember that it's not by our strength, but it's by yeah. the strength, is by God's grace, is by his grace. Um, you know, everyone says that it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my, my spirit, says the Lord. It is by God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is, and it's all pointing to who? God, to, to, to Jesus, to Christ. It's only because of God that we're able to do this. So in those times, we need to really rely on God and not think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a thing of works. Uh, if I can do this, if I can do that. Okay, that's what you've been doing, but it still failed you because look where you are now. It's just about trusting wholeheartedly in God. And then it brings up it brings us to like what we've been talking about. Sometimes people are like, "How can I trust something that's not there?" But the thing is, he is there. You just need to be able to see him. 
And that's what, and I feel like that's what baffles a lot of people that are not in the faith, because they're like, how can you trust someone? How can you believe in something that you can't see? But that's because they're looking, yeah, right. they're looking in with eyes of the flesh. Flesh, yeah. Like um, something you can say is when people like you know, obviously I've had that conversation with like uh, unbelievers, let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, and they say, oh, if God is there, how come I can't see him? Mm. And the the best analogy I always use is before the microscope was invented, did you know bacteria existed? Mm. No. But you knew something was going around affecting people. Wow. The same it's the same point of contact, the same thing. Wow, it's the same um principle. Wow. Yeah. I hear that man. So yeah. So in summary, just know the word and apply it. And trusting God. Yeah. Wow. No, this has been amazing. This has been amazing, man. Is there anything else that you want to say? Um, the only thing I really have to say is, and it's something that's just true, trials and tribulations will always come. Mm. But yeah. as a Christian, hold on to the word. Mm. I, I found the scripture I was talking about, um, 2 chapter 1, verse 20. Yeah. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up, in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, try to come build yourself up. And I'm not saying they might not get to you, but they might. But understand that the word of God still holds true, and yeah. you're going to keep building yourself up to a point where these things don't affect you anymore. Because you know what God says about you, you know what His word says. and. Gondip says, I am that I am, yeah. Alpha Omega. He planned your whole life ahead, and he knows what's true and what's not true. Wow. So yeah, that's what I have to say. And I just want to say a big thank you for having me. Yeah, we actually go away back for people that don't know. Um, I think I first met you in 2015 or 16. So right. we, we, we definitely go away back. Right. That's, that's, that's time ago. Right. It's time, yeah. By the way, Kachi didn't really like like speaking to me at the beginning. By the way, remember, like that, but, but, no, but remember when I asked you to streak and you're like, yeah, but why do we have to streak? Yeah, I'm looking because I didn't like. It. <laughs> I have nothing against you, bro. No, nah, it's calm, I man. Nah, it's calm because we're here now, man. You know, like, when I meet people and I've seen how, like, our relationship or our friendship has grown, I'm always, like, imagine what God was thinking when we first met. Like, we must have met on a casual, casual, casual thing and you're just like, oh, this person, this person. And then all of a sudden you're now close. I'm just like, when we were meeting, like, God must yeah. have been like, oh, these these two don't know what i got planned for them. Course, but nah, honestly, thank you so much for being here. You've actually... You've actually like you you spat some bar you spat some bars, bro. <laughs> no, nah, but we thank God, man. It's it's only by His grace. But yeah, Praise man. Thank you so much for being here, Kachi. No worries. I do look forward to maybe one day coming back. Uh, come on, come on. Of course. Definitely I feel like God's gonna take you to a higher level. Definitely like. You started yeah. off like small, but there's like you know you're gonna have like maybe I don't know if it's your plan, but you have a TikTok channel, YouTube channel, anything. Yeah, it's gonna go off. You're gonna blow, and I'm Amen. always here to support. Amen. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. But All yeah, right. guys, catch you, my bro. <laughs>
<laughs> but now, guys, we've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and um, I hope this has encouraged you and blessed you. Because honestly, some 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 important things were said. So if you have your notes out, maybe go and write it down or something. <laughs> but now, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, guys, as always, if you have anything to say to us at the Great Change, Great Change podcast, you can email at greatchangetc at gmail.com or you can DM us on Great Change TC on Instagram. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time for the next episode. And who knows who we will have. But yeah, have a blessed day, night, evening, whenever you listen to this. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Say bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>